Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. This is our episode where we're going to explore why you, the executive director of your center or clinic, want a super nurse on your team. We're going to talk about the benefits and the logistics and the details. And I would like to introduce uh, Sean, who is an incredible, uh, talented, and uh, seasoned uh, expert in this area. And so, Sean, please introduce yourself, and then we'll invite Rachel to introduce herself. Thank you, Jacob. Um, I have been in this industry professionally since 2006, um, converted pregnancy counseling center to a medical clinic, went on to, with Rachel, uh, form informed choice of Iowa, um, all on the basis of making sure that we were truly giving um, an abortion-minded woman uh, an informed choice, unlike Planned Parenthood, who, sure, they do ultrasound, but they would never show you your baby. Yeah. So um, that has been something that's been very passionate about uh, of, of mine to be um, medically on the same level, um, mm. but offering pro-life Christ-centered care. And so, um, I, I do have a master's in public health policy and an MBA in social entrepreneurship um, and have applied that uh, education to my work experience in pro-life nonprofits. So I'm going to talk about the RN apprenticeship in women's ambulatory health for pregnancy health medical clinics and why that's the next level um, for your organization. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'll jump in here, Jacob. My name is Rachel Owen, and I'm the executive director of Informed Choice of Iowa. Uh, Sean was here for a year or so and helped us get started, and then I jumped in and took over. That was about 13 years ago or so. And we have been able to, you know, expand this amazing program here um, to other, other cities in Iowa, about five different cities and a mobile clinic so God has been, you know, busy, busy. We give all the glory to God. And then um, I've also helped other clinics get started uh, about, um, about six others get rolling in the nonprofit and also in, in the medical format to stand in the gap for women who are headed to the abortion clinic, you know, to really provide for them uh, full medical care so that they could have uh, and, and accept another choice, you know, it's that informed choice. They can truly have all the information they need to make the choice that's right for them. So that's what we do. We come alongside and do that. And I've been able on and off been working with Sean for years um, on these different projects. And we are so excited for what we've been able to put together and what God has helped us. It's been that kind of the perfect timing with this beautiful internship program. So. Well, awesome. It's a so so Sean, tell me. Apprenticeship. Um, <laughs> so Sean, tell me about what are the benefits of a super nurse, in your opinion, or a nurse who has these these ten special um, specialized skills? What what are the benefits to a to a pregnancy clinic, in your opinion? Well, first, it probably would be good for us to talk about what each one of them are and sure. why they benefit. So. Um, so first of all, I'm just going to talk about what an apprenticeship is recognized by the Department of Labor. Um, 
if you've ever been around an electrician or a plumber or a welder, you know what a journey worker is and you know what an apprentice is. Um, having an apprenticeship in healthcare is new, um, especially because an RN already has their license. Um, but the original part of developing an apprenticeship it, for RNs is there was such a skills gap when they came out of school that was identified. And so that's where Trumont was the first in the nation. Um, when we had an opportunity to um, use uh, a grant through CARES Act funding to recruit nurses through registered apprenticeship, we then created this specialty in partnership with Trumont. And so not only you get the core competencies uh, for nursing, which is 151 hours of online training, but they work 2,080 hours. They're already working in your clinic and um, that's the OJT. And then we added on certifications, which really differentiate the specialty and create that super nurse. So the first one is we were having young women come in that um, if they'd been raped and had been within 120 hours of the rape, we would have to send them to the local emergency departments, our policy. And um, where they would, of course, be offered plan B, they would not get Christ-centered trauma counseling. Um, and it's a missed opportunity. So we added sexual assault nurse examiner uh, certification. And I incidentally just found out that in the state of Florida, there are only 44 sexual assault nurse examiners in the entire state for 20 million people. And wow. um, so the opportunity to partner with law enforcement that they know that your medical clinic is now an integral part of the community, that if a young woman they encounter is raped, then they can bring them to you instead of a busy emergency department. Yeah. Rachel, you, what do you think Kathy, who has her own story, um, is a nurse, is excited about this? Yeah, we are um, super excited about this program overall. In our own hometown here in Iowa City, there are about five rapes reported to the police department every year. And there's about 368 reported to the rape advocacy group. So that's what you call a rape culture. That's where girls are not reporting these rapes. We have at one time or another, we've had two or three come in in one day that have been raped. And so it's for us to be able to provide these services right here, right then, uh, so that they don't have to go through the trauma of going to the ER, a busy ER room with it's going to be amazing. We have an incredible nurse who's also has her own story of going through rape and, and um, redemption and forgiveness and all of that beautiful story that God takes with the enemy meant to destroy us and turn it for good, right? And so she is so excited to get you know her fingers into this and get rolling with this. Uh, we have um, a perfect place to pilot this, and we're really excited about that training. Go ahead, Sean. You have something to add? <laughs> well, I do. Um, a lot of young women come in, and then they don't, they're hesitant to report the rape because yeah. they think it's going to go on their insurance, and their parents are going to find out. Mm -hmm. And one thing that um, executive directors need to know is that your um, state attorney general's office pays for these exams. Yes. And so um, and in Florida, it's $500 an exam um, for the sexual assault exam. Is and that in what, 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 is that in most 
states or just in some states? In every state, it is the Office oh. of the Attorney General. I, it, the amount varies from state to state, what they compensate. Mm -hmm. um, but in Florida, it's $500 an exam. And um, the cool thing for us in Iowa at Informed Choice, uh, Informed Choices Medical Clinics is that we had with that grant um, the opportunity to purchase equipment. And we $30,000 top of the line system for um, video interview um, charting and the colposcope for um, doing the full forensic exam. Um, so not only trained nurses, but the proper equipment to do that role as well. Wow. And it's, uh, yeah, and it comes with the training for that. So our nurses are super excited. And it's not even, you know, you might think it might be overwhelming. I want to encourage other directors in this realm. It is not overwhelming. It's empowering. And to have the support that goes along with those machine and then the training that goes along the the same training, I mean, it's empowering to your nurses. They want to have that continuity of care. That is super important to a nurse and to, and it should be to you too, as the executive director, to want to have continuity of care, not only in the ministry part of what we're doing, but also in the medical care for their body. So we're, we're ministering to them spirit, soul, body right there. And we're fulfilling that need that's there. So another thing that um, of a certification that um, we have for this specialty is fertility education and medical management um, certification for telehealth and nursing and the teacher certification course. And why would you think that FEM uh, would be important certification? Well, it goes along the same lines of having your clinic be integral part of your community. Um, first of all, it's natural family planning and there's an app that goes along with it. You're teaching your nurses to be able to be in the schools should that opportunity arise. But even more than that, um, it's natural family planning and hormonal care from adolescence to senescence. Yes. So, so if you're already uh, in a local church there and you know that your pregnancy medical clinic has FEM offered, and your daughter is 16 and having irregular periods, why not send her to the femme counselor, the nurse that's trained to teach their daughter about their body so that if they make a different choice down the road and find themselves in a situation with an unplanned pregnancy, where are they going to go? Their trusted clinic that they already have a relationship with. Um, or if you're, um, you know, an, a young grandma and you're perimenopausal and you want good sound counseling, you can go to your local clinic as well. And it just creates your clinic's um, importance and place within your community, the pro-life community as well um, by offering those care, that, the, that type of care for FEM. Um, Kristen is the nurse down at Informed Choice and she is um, certified as a teacher also. How is she using that, Rachel? Oh, you know, uh, guys, it's been incredible for us to see these young women come in the door and empower them and who they are right now. Millennials alone are leaving the birth control pill by 30% every year, and they're going to apps. 
they're going to it right on their phone, right? They're, they're tracking themselves. And of course, this FEM has an app that's relevant to the Gen Zs. It's, it's relevant to everyone up to um, perimenopause, all of that good stuff. And the cool thing is, is that they get um, really, it's, it's a sound biblically based. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in the evangelical world and, and when I got married, uh, you know, it was, it was the thing to, to go ahead and, and go on birth control. I did not know at that time that it was abortifacient and that um, I was, and I was also feeding this whole industry of pro-abortion movement in our country by taking these um, birth control pills. And so I, and I, lucky for me, it did not agree with my system at all in any way, shape or form. And so I did my research and I started doing natural family planning 25 years ago. Um, I just dated myself seriously there, y'all. Um, but, but it's been an incredible road for me. And I've been able to see, once you understand how amazing your body is, what happens, and I'm just, I, I know we got mixed uh, group here, um, Jacob, but I'm telling you, when a woman understands that she is a co-creator with the creator of the universe and how amazing God has made us um, by skipping over that, that beautiful education. We're doing a disservice to our Christian women. Um, being able to provide that and give them an empowerment in that. What is amazing is that I wanted to protect my body. And when we teach young girls this at a very early age, we taught uh, my kids and then many, I mean, right, right now it's um, dozens and dozens of young girls have been taught through our clinic. And it's been amazing. They want to protect, so they're not gonna go out and have promiscuous sex. I mean, one, one thing that happens within this is that what's taught is abstinence alongside of it and, and really delayed gratification and all of those, the, the fruit that comes from that is incredible. So I highly recommend it um, in, in the faith-based community. And what it does is exactly what Sean does, said, it sets us up um, to be part of the community leader when it comes to those questions about sex. I mean, just, just plain and simple about a woman's health, about the, the reproductive system instead of Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is on every school campus, every high school campus in the country, every college campus in the country. And we need to compete with that. We need to become, we need to replace that. And so we have to become experts in that level. And that's what FEM does for us. So training our nurses in FEM is critical. I cannot speak that uh, more directly or intensely to the executive directors out there, it is part of who you are. And you're going to be able to take back the narrative in our country and create a culture of life like never before. So the next thing that we added on was what most people do, which is limited obstetrical ultrasound, um, both the didactic and practical training. Um, and, and I probably don't need to belabor that point. Um, then of course, if you're not already doing STD and STI testing, you're missing an opportunity because what do you do when you counsel someone with a negative pregnancy test? They are involved in risky behavior. That's why you do that inventory. So having nurses trained and certified in sexual risk avoidance uh, strategies and sexually transmitted diseases, uh, both the diagnosis prevention and treatment protocols for both men and women is another area. Um, and then to piggyback on the sexual assault nurse examiner part, something that's new 
um, is human sex trafficking awareness for medical providers. Um, and Rachel can probably talk more about the day-to-day -day of the patients that are coming in, but we already know who um, we're seeing that have been trafficked um, or raped. And so they kind of go hand in hand, but making nurses aware um, of what things that they may not realize, behaviors, language cues to tell you that someone is in your office who has been trafficked. Rachel, can, do you have an example about that? Oh yeah, this is super critical to, um, I'm just gonna dovetail also the SV testing and how that plays a critical role in being able to be a safety net in your community for girls who are trafficked. Uh, we have had, um, we've had numerous girls come in the door who we've been able to help guide to get help to get out um, of a traffic or domestic violence situation because they've come in for STD testing. We've even had, um, you know, traffickers, um, they call them Johns or in, in slang would be pimp, you know, so these Johns would bring the girls in and we would be able to, uh, because our team was trained to be able to see and, and acknowledge what was happening and be able to ask the right questions and be able to um, separate them and, and go through the whole process of, of really finding out what's happening in her life. We've been able to rescue and get these girls into situations um, that can promote healing and healthiness. So um, again, what's been amazing is I've even had nurses share the gospel with um, Johns. People, I mean, literally, I mean, these nurses, when they're in their room, there's like no whole bar. They're going straight after it. They're like, you know what? I got you in here for, for a few minutes and you're sitting here. I'm going to share the gospel with you. Um, and so it, what it does is it emboldens them to know, um, you know, they've got this, this training that, that just sets them right on fire. So it's kind of cool. I've seen lots and lots of things and I highly, highly recommend not only the, the teaching of uh, being able to identify trafficking and having an understanding of what's going on in our culture, but also the STD testing opens that door. We, we share the gospel more in the STD room and than anything we do. It's incredible. It's almost like a, it's a, it's a moment. Um, it's a come to Jesus moment you know, uh, and where they're able to open up to the nurses in a real way. And they've seen what, you know, they, they can not only feel the love of God, but they also see what's been going on in their life and they don't like it anymore because it's setting them up for, for disease and death. And, and they, they want to do a 180. So we see lots of 180s in that room. And then the last three parts of the specialty certifications um, kind of cover what a lot of the clinics have patient advocates in the past do, but we wanted the nurses again. And I'm going to, I'm going to, when I switch back after talking about these, I'm going to ask Rachel to talk about how the, her clinical operations model focuses on the nurse being at the center of everything. Yeah. But we, um, the additional certifications are an adoption counseling information and referral training for nurses. So while they're not at the legal level, like Catholic Charities or, or other um, adoption services, we're giving nurses training um, so that they can competently give options counseling regarding adoption. Um, social services and supports and enrollment and referral training. So um, one of the, the services that Informed Choice Offices offers, excuse me, is um, 
presumptive Medicaid, um, which is prenatal care up to 16 weeks of pregnancy, which if you're billing for services, uh, at least to Medicaid, that is short of the delivery, that is the largest revenue bringer um, for prenatal care is the diagnosis and initial establishment of prenatal care up to 16 weeks while they're waiting for their Medicaid approval. So teaching these nurses how to help them enroll in Medicaid, uh, childcare um, uh, support services, um, SNAP if they should need it, um, getting them connected with churches and other support groups for um, many of those other services. I mean, Informed Choice of Iowa has their own um, programs also where they provide diapers and clothing and so on um, for these young women. Um, not at the level as a lot of churches do in that in the area, but they still offer them. Um, but those other social services. And then the last one, R Rachel actually developed the teaching for the program on is relationship coaching, which is a billable um, insurance component of health coaching. Um, and so if you have the opportunity to continue those relationships with these young women, uh, for 10 weeks relationship coaching, you have that constant reinforcement of relationship and accountability uh, that is Christ-centered. So um, Rachel, talk a little bit about how the nurses are the center of the uh, service platform model that you use. Yeah. Well, we have always been set up this way that um, really for an extended liability reason, um, but also for continuity of care with our patients. Um, we have just seen this bear a lot of fruit over the years where they have the nurse and they stick with the nurse. So our patient advocate program actually takes a, a kind of a a back seat to this because the nurse does all the initial counseling. Um, she, when that patient comes in the door within 15 minutes, she's already filling out the, the decision guide, which we use the Ottawa decision guide. She's sitting down with the nurse. The nurse is answering her medical questions about abortion. Uh, she's an, um, meeting her needs right away because what comes off of that decision-making guide is her needs. And so the nurse is already able to meet some of those needs and that's within the first 15 minutes. So what we've done is we've helped her take her feet and set it aside so that she can see her baby, right? And she can clearly see, because fear keeps us from seeing the truth, right? And so we want to keep that, that flow and that care. So we've always had the nurses do all of that. Plus, she's asking medical questions. You know, how far along can I have an abortion? What is the abortion procedures? What is an abortion like? When does the heartbeat start? Um, and so we want that to be a medical professional answering those questions. We're a medical clinic and we want that to be a medical professional. And it also starts to build a relationship with that nurse. And we've seen, when we first started our clinic here in Iowa City, we saw about 60% of the girls would choose life. Um, that was with seeing the ultrasound. We're in a very, very liberal college town here. And so uh, that was pretty good. When we added that the nurses did all the counseling from start to finish, they had that linear service in mind, right? That we were gonna be there for her. And um, she was strong enough to do that. When we added that, and then also the decision guide, so the nurse could very pointedly 
go through that linear service with her and literally find where her needs were and meet their needs before they went to the ultrasound room, we went up to 91% of women choosing life. So wow. we, we feel that it is the best model. I know it takes more money to hire those nurses. I know it takes, um, for us, it doesn't take much more energy because actually there's more energy in training advocates, but what it, it is, but it's, it's critical. I think it's critical. We've seen it empirically, statistically, the data shows that it, it works. And so I just want to encourage, um, if anybody has any questions on that, they can ask Sean and I on that, how that works. It really does. And especially when you put a super nurse in there that's trained and she's in that room and she's doing the counseling and she, she picks up that this was a product of a rape or that this girl has been raped within. So then she can immediately, that continuity of care, she's has her in there doing that exam and everything's running smoothly. And that girl feels loved and, and she is wrapped around. And there is a, a, a time where we can really help pull that fear out of her so that she can feel the love of Jesus Christ, right? And so I just feel like when we toss these girls around from advocate to nurse to nurse, it create, doesn't create that um, security because why are they in this situation in the first place, Jacob? I mean, we're, they're in this situation in the first place because they have, um, there's a loss of control in their life. There's a, there's a loss of, um, there's, you know, not only fear, but they don't have um, the safety measures in, in around them, right? And so we want to make everything safe and secure. And that has been a game changer. I mean, 30% is huge. So um, that is kind of where I stand. That's one of my soapboxes. I know this, uh, I get pretty passionate about it, but I feel like if we put a super nurse in those positions, we have some really amazing patient care that is focused and is pro-life and is saving, saving women and babies every day. And if you're an executive director and you want to recruit nurses, what better way to do it with, um, because this is nothing yeah. new to nurses. Nurses are used to presenters, any new job they start in, you know, in a hospital setting for sure, they're going to have a preceptor assigned to them for a period of time, at least three months. Yeah. And so, um, and then we train our preceptors and mentors. They have an eight hour online training um, where they are taught about adult, adult learning concepts, uh, nursing yeah. leadership and culture. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and Kathy, our nurse manager who uh, went through that training there at Informed Choice, she um, tells you that it really helped her focus on her why and how to deliver that daily to Kristen and be a great uh, coach for her. Um, and so you want that because it helps people um, stay in their jobs. So retention of nurses, once you've got them in the door is very important. Um, and if you don't already offer professional development, boy, this is the ultimate professional development for your nurses in your clinics. Um, and that's why we did this. So if you are strategic planning, uh, you know you, you don't offer STD treat, or treating, treatment and testing, but you want to, then, um, or you want to offer um, other services in your community, why not get your nurses trained and certified so that if you go to your board and your medical director, you can say, hey, we have nurses trained at the top of their licensure. They are competent, you can trust them. How about we add this service? 
And instead of, hey, we want to add this service, let's scramble to get people trained. Um, you know, this way you're training them. Nurses stay, they're engaged. And while you may not offer every one of these services right away, um, you're poised to do so. If you want to be triple AHC accredited because you want that uh, street cred for your medical clinic in your community um, so that some uh, pro-abortion person can't come <laughs> shut you down, yeah. then having your nurses trained at this level, mm -hmm. and then all you're adding is um, quality improvement studies, because I'm sure you're, you're peer reviewing your charts. I'm sure you're doing pa patient satisfaction surveys. So if you have quality policies and procedures, what else is there to seek accreditation, not much. Those are the big things. Um, but if you have highly trained staff, you can engage in that level of accreditation. Then if you want to bill for services, even just nursing level services, um, it's a little extra revenue. So there's so many things that you can build on having highly trained nurses that are focused on the mission of saving lives and advocating for women at whatever point of crisis they are in their life. Well, and it, it just takes one little step at a time, Sean. It's nothing that we have to bite off today. It's nothing we bought off in one day. I mean, we have been climbing this ladder of excellence from the beginning, one step at a time. You know, first we did accreditation, for, you know, and then it, it's just been one step at a time. And I will tell you, I wanted to add this too, also about the nurses and STD testing. One of the things I think people miss when they, when they add STD testing to their crisis pregnancy clinics um, is that they don't, I've just seen this mistake over time and I think we need to be very careful as a team um, to uphold and encourage each other. But it really has to be, everything has to be facilitated by a nurse because you're going off of a nurse to actually do that testing and, and to have it under the licensure of the physician, it has to be an, a nurse assessment. She has to assess that they need the testing first. That can't be done over the phone. It has to be assessed and then done in the office. And so when you have the nurse, the center of your care cycle, I mean, she is providing all of the care uh, what happens is that happens naturally and you're protected by that. Does that make sense? I mean, it is, it is really critical for us as um, crisis pregnancy centers not to just add STD testing in there without the nurse who's doing all of the assessment in that. So it's, it's that's a critical point. Jacob, what would you have us share that we haven't already? First, I <laughs> want to say I really love your heart and your excitement and, you know, this, the, um, the amount of the amount that you have poured into serving your communities through you know, expanding and going beyond um, the basics, and I, I'm I'm also excited to see um, clinics follow in these footsteps. Um, so I have a couple of questions. One is, what is it like to get referrals from law enforcement when it and and, and let me add on one other question is. Um, when it comes to so when it comes to providing, I think it's called SANE. What, what's it like to get referrals from law enforcement, and what benefits uh, to the client who experienced a rape situation? What benefits does she receive at a pregnancy clinic that she would not receive at an ER? Well, I can answer the last part. Okay. The benefit at a pregnancy clinic is that 
you're going to get Christ-centered trauma counsel. So they're going to be trauma aware, but you're going to have the love and compassion of someone who um, is there for your benefit, not just because they are there for a paycheck. Um, they are, it is holistic, total uh, Christ-centered care, bottom line, medical care, and now forensic care, because a sexual assault nurse exam is forensic medical care. Um, but you're able to look at the cues of wherever they're at and whatever mental state they may be. I mean, Rachel knows that there was a young woman who came in who was dealing with some serious mental health issues. So being able to have Kathy counsel um, for the mental health issues and medication she was on with that Christ-centered trauma care, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's just, I can't tell you how when there's trauma involved and and dealing with medical professionals, how important that is uh, as, they're, as they're administering their healing process, right? We have been really blessed here in our communities where we have some really amazing relationships with law enforcement officers. We have some really stellar law enforcement officers that are trained highly in trafficking. So we know how to, um, we go directly to them when we have someone who's been human trafficked. And we have that relationship that goes back and forth. They'll call and say, hey, you know what? We've got someone that needs STD testing, Rachel, or I have something here that's a little suspicious. I'm sending your way. Um, just, you know, that kind of a thing. So um, also we have had um, police officers, <laughs> We had one in particularly precious police officer who had a, uh, a prayer meeting in our clinic. Um, he invited all the pastors in town because he wanted all the pastors to know where to send their girls when they had girls who were experiencing trauma, when he had, they had girls who were experiencing unplanned pregnancies or STDs or anything. He wanted them to know because this is where he refers his these girls to what he meets on the street. And so uh, it's huge. It's been really incredible. And we're looking forward to partnering even more because we're still, we're still going through the training process on that. We're still getting started on all of that aspect, but we have these great relationships already that have been in the community through all the human trafficking work that we've done. And so God is, um, I'm super excited. Uh, the, the hospitals are excited. Uh, there's uh, the, the campus ministries are excited for us to be able to do these same uh, uh, the, the same kids and everything. And we're really, it's going to be amazing what God's going to do with them. it. It sounds like essentially it's adding up to uh, helping you reach more women who need okay. the clinic services and it's helping you service them in a more complete manner. Um, such as when Sean was saying about the, you know, the, the continuity, you know, the, uh, you know, the care, from, care from yeah. A to Z, <laughs> continuity, yeah. I guess it is. And, yep, continuity um, care. <laughs> we're essentially adding, you know, more, um, more angles and ways in which that client can be served and helped, which makes a lot of sense um, in order for, and also the fact of having less people in that process by having the nurse in their, um, you know, handling multiple parts allows for that rapport to be, um, you know, built and then used repeatedly more so than having to um, pass someone to a different team member um, by essentially, yeah, leveraging that rapport that's been built at that time. Um, and that's it, it also makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, you really, you know, patient trust, especially in these crisis situations, is yes. so important. And you cannot um, trust that to have to rebuild again. You don't know what their triggers might be. And so once you've developed that trust and rapport, you want to continue because your, your goal is to um, influence uh, healthy behaviors and changes and decisions. And you can only do that with that trust relationship that's created, um, as, as we all know. Well, and again, it's really in the numbers. I mean, what we've seen the girls making positive decisions compared to not, it had, I mean, it was really through that continuity of care and that building and that rapport and that relationship, keeping those nurses with that particular patient all the way through is is critical. Like my nurses now, they we don't even have anybody else do any of the follow-up phone calls or any of the packaging preparing. Our nurses, this is their patient and they see this patient all the way through. And, and, and they'll be doing the um, relationship coaching with them uh, for 10 sessions. And by the time they get done, we, we have about 17 sessions that one patient can go through with that nurse it can be from STD testing to pregnancy to ultrasound to um, fem training to healthy relationship coaching. That's about 17 sessions. When they get done with that, they have a rapport and a relationship with that nurse. That nurse has called them monthly or called them weekly, depending on where they're at with their pregnancy and has been caring for them and providing for their needs. And I'm sorry, Sean, did you have a question? <laughs> you want to add? If, because we're running short on time, I just want to say one thing, because if I'm an executive director, I'm saying, okay, great. What if I want to do this? How yeah. do I pay for it? How much does it cost? Who can I call? Yeah. So, <laughs> and if you're not in Florida and um, under this uh, grant that I have in Florida, um, and you're not trying to go work for Rachel in Iowa, then you need to know that in your state, um, Trumont can provide this um, through your Office of Apprenticeships, uh, Workforce Boards, um, your state uh, level offices, because the incumbent worker training grants um, through WIOA, the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, which um, those are available in every state, um, and they will pay for the $9,000 of uh, this apprenticeship. Um, if you work 32 hours a week, if your nurses are full-time at at least 32 hours a week, it'll take them 15 months to do through the OJT and finish the whole program. Um, they get a national certification from the Department of Labor and from their state. But the, in the incumbent worker training, if you have less than 50 employees, then not only do they pay for the the training, they pay for um, a portion of the salary, a typically 75% up to $25 an hour of 1,040 hours or half the, the OJT time. So you have salary offset to up to $19,500 in a year. So you, um, you can afford to do this. And um, if you're interested, you can reach out to me through Trumont. Um, because I am a clinical liaison for this specialty apprenticeship program. Um, and if you want to know how to implement it and roll it out, you need to talk to Rachel Owen at Informed Choice of Iowa. 
Well, and Sean, I know I get a lot of these questions too. People are like, well, is this a federal grant? And now are you getting federal money? But but really this goes through Trumont, right? It goes the no, grant. In Florida, it goes through Trumont. But if you're in a different state than Florida or Iowa, um, you would actually be receiving local um, funds, uh, potentially state level, but most career source or workforce boards are locally um, run by local boards. And um, so that would be local, a uh, non-governmental organizational funds. Um, if it is state level, um, then it would be state, not federal. Then the only influencing um, edicts or, or policies that are out there are the EEOC and FLSA. And the FLSA is the Fair Labor and Standards Act. And so that tells you that there is a minimum wage required uh, in your state for an RN apprenticeship. And um, that floor is not low, lower than $20.40 an hour, but it's a little higher in many other states. Uh, you just need to pay your nurses what they're worth. And um, then the EEOC, but there is the Title VII protection. So if you are a religious healthcare organization, if your mission, vision, and values are centered around sharing the gospel, then no one is telling you who you can hire, who you can't hire. You can't do your pastoral references and ask um, that they sign an agreement to, you can trust that nurse when that door closes, that they're not gonna refer for abortion or birth control or other things. And so no one is telling you how to run your business. Yeah, and I think that was one, something that we needed to just explain clearly to the executive directors and, and boards. Boards don't want to have anything that would inhibit that because that's why we're here, right, is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we just needed to, I wanted to make sure we made that clear so that everyone could, could see that. But this is, this is money that's on the table that we need to be taking advantage in the pro-life movement so that we can have some super nurses. Right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, um, I really appreciate you, Sean and Rachel. I really appreciate both of you sharing your, your vision, your story, your experience, um, your insight. And I really hope that the executive director or the board member who sees this video will, will build a heart's desire to have this in their state, in their clinic, and, and then that they will reach out for um, steps for you know, you know, wh where they should go in order to find this in their state and for their clinic. Um, and, I, and I really hope that this will show, um, show the director and the, and the board and team that this is a way to uh, provide better care with additional angles for how they can help their client in order to reach more clients they wouldn't have talked to otherwise because those clients may have been referred to the ER and if they were to provide this service, then they would get referrals or um, potentially the, the law enforcement may end up utilizing their team instead of just utilizing the ER. Um, and then also being able to help women in a greater way by also connecting back to the law enforcement as you, you both described. And I, I just think this is brilliant. And, um, and that's sort of the whole point of this podcast is to share brilliant ideas that will benefit um, small pro-life teams across the country as we're working as a larger pro-life team against the opposition. That's right. um, and so I really appreciate your time, your energy, your, your passion and intelligence and wisdom in this area. Um, 
And so thank you. Thank you for being on the show and for sharing these ideas. And I'll be working to, um, yeah, to uh, pass these along and hopefully people will uh, pass them along again. <laughs> Over. Well, thank you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you too, Jacob, and just you taking this on and helping to just encourage direct executive directors all over the country. Uh, I think it's incredible. You know, um, I, just from doing this for 13 years, it's kind of lonely. You know, there's there's really no one really knows in your own community what the energy that you're putting in, um, the hours, the sweat, the sacrifice. Um, you know, pastor knows, but it's a little bit different too. And so thank you so much for taking this on from all the directors around the country. <laughs> awesome.